What? They're cheering? No. I think there's a difference between a running gag and an old gag. <laughs> you do surprise me. OK, maybe you're right. We're still keeping with our National Volunteer Week celebratory theme, so OK, let's have some cheering for our brilliant volunteers. And on that note, welcome back to A Slice of Bread and Butter with Mark and Fiona from The Bread and Butter Thing. We're a charity that delivers affordable food to the heart of deprived neighbourhoods to help nourish communities and act as a catalyst for change. Yeah, so we offer a diverse range of food at deeply discounted rates, which means that our members can save money on their shopping, feed their families healthily and also access all kinds of other support too right in the heart of their communities yeah and this is a place where we meet and chat with our members and volunteers to hear about how using the bread and butter thing makes a difference to their lives so today we've got our third national volunteer week special and we've been using this week as an opportunity to recognise and celebrate the incredible contribution that the volunteers make to our work. And we're talking about some of the benefits that come from volunteering too, like diminishing or reducing social isolation, building self-confidence or improving skills and employability. So today, Mark, Mm -hmm. we are heading deep behind the scenes and into our Manchester warehouse to meet one of our most long-standing dedicated volunteers there, Andrew. He has been with us since the early days of the pandemic. And in fact, he's actually just celebrated his third anniversary as a Bread and Butter Thing volunteer. Fantastic. Do you mind showing me your pictures? Yeah, sure. Um, That's inside Bowlers, which was huge because all of the hubs were packed because, because of COVID. So that would be the, the dry goods. That's the ambient line. And we weren't allowed to, to mix with the fruit and veg line. Um, so that was me learning to do that. I am Andrew Derbyshire and I live in Hume, just near the centre of Manchester. And I have been volunteering with the bread and butter thing for three years now. I was sitting at home by myself with nothing to do during lockdown. And I heard about the charity And unlike other charities that were very slow about processing volunteers, I made a phone call, I went in the next day, and I've been going, it was three mornings a week, it's now two mornings a week ever since. We go in at eight, and we wait to be told what to do. Now, it could be pack some freezer bags, because they have to come out of the warehouse, put in chill, so they're sent out packed, even to hubs where they're going to pack things. They're sent out ready-packed because they're frozen and it's done there and they're put in insulated boxes. So it might be that. And then there is normally a bag pack somewhere. So therefore we would complete a bag pack then. Then we would set two then after that and just tidy up. Because stuff comes in through the morning and into the afternoon and sometimes it just gets put. So you think, right, well, could we just go through all this? And then we're consolidating, so can we have all the tins on this pallet? Can we have mixed cakes in tubs and things like that? So how many regular volunteers do we have in a warehouse? Well, so we would be four. At maximum? Yes, yeah. What's the most surprising thing volunteering with us? I suppose the need that there seems to be. I mean, you know, hubs are giving out 80, 80 lots of bags. That's an awful lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Mm. Looking yeah. at those photos, you can yeah. just see how mammoth yeah. it was. Yeah, that's somebody. And again, we're, we're just loading from tables. 
just but just vast quantities of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So look, they were lining up in the morning. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go up and down the line and fill these over twenty five, then ship them over to the loading bay. But you can see there's cloth all round because it's used as a music venue. Oh right. Oh, yes. So they're the so the cloths were the still back, they're the back. The, so they, the yeah. Back. So they were still there because why would they take them down? Do you feel like part of the family now? You've been here for three years. Yes. And I did do. It's actually not in that um, section. There was a picture. I did a guided walk right. for some volunteers. I did the same walk for some of the staff. And I'm under pressure to do a joint one again, a second one. Talk to me about tour guiding. How long have you done that? Um, about 13 years now. Because I was a teacher. Right. Behind you, there was me in my robes as deputy head of a school. Anyway, and then I decided, right, I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. I'm going to do something else. doesn't matter. But I'm going to a year off, which I did. And I went to university and did a master's. Then I started a PhD, but, but by that time, I'd had two years of not talking to anybody. <laughs> yes, was, sort of buried I, in your books. It isn't really, isn't really me. So I was kind of... But then this thing about tour guiding came up. So I thought, well, I won't go back to teaching. I'll train as a tour guide, which I'd always vaguely wanted to do, but went off to be a teacher. And by that time, I was working at the Bridgewater Hall, stewarding and doing tours of the building. Um, but I'm a, I'm a city guide for Manchester. Right, okay. But in theory, I can't guide outside the M60. <laughs> so if I was uh, uh, if I was coming to Manchester for the weekend oh. and I'd got a free day on Saturday, where should I go? What would be your top tourism tip for a visitor to Manchester? Well, you could start in Liverpool Road where there's the replica of the original Roman fort. Then the, the cathedral, although it's small because it's the parish church, does actually contain a 15th century carved set of choir stalls. And then you're looking at evidence of 19th century, but its big glory days are the cotton industry. industry. So you're then looking at things like the Britannia Hotel, the Town Hall, 1877. I've sort of asked everybody if they had a message for their fellow bread and butter thing volunteers, and I wondered if you might have a message that you might want to share. Um, Keep going, because although life's got back to normal there's still obviously a great need for people to have cheaper food and food that, and again, it stops, because the other thing, of course, it's about sustainability, isn't it? So there is still a lot of waste that we can help reduce by selling the food off at reduced. But it has to move quickly and it, you know, it can't hang around and people like me have got to be there going, oh my God, this is today. You've missed this, man. couldn't run practically running out of the van sometimes and saying, look guys, this is today, just take it. So I've been trying to arrange a chat with Andrew for ages, so I was really pleased to be able to finally sit down with him. And what we've just heard was such a tiny snippet of our chat. He absolutely regaled me with all kinds of his tour guiding stories and working as part of the education team at Tatton Park, making kids scrub the floors, you know, and visiting Old Trafford and stuff. What? Yeah, he was there on their flagstones with their hands and knees and a scrubbing brush. He's got some amazing photos, which I wish I could share here. But anyway, what was really clear is about how passionate he is about Manchester, about the city and the people there. And it was inspiring yeah. to see that reflected in his volunteering too. And he's been volunteering with us through 
such a time of change. Yeah, I know, right? He has, and that has just taken me right back to those days of the pandemic. Running the operation from Bowler's Exhibition Centre and the endless backpacking and masks and distancing and all that went with it. It was such a weird time. But in a strange way, it was good times too. Everyone was so focused on getting the food out to people who needed it. The spirit in the warehouse was so driven and so determined. No one wanted to let people down. And that that's our members and the wider community that we were supporting with the food response from local authorities too. So no one wanted to let anybody down. I still maintain that's one of our greatest achievements of all time, what we keep doing, and we still have not missed a single delivery. And it's just, it's down to people like Andrew and the amazing volunteers that that's happened. And I'm so glad that Andrew and another volunteer, Jane, has stayed with us. Now that we're back in Trafford, they're just, they're really like part of the family. So being in the warehouse, though, is a sort of quite a different bread and butter thing experience, isn't it? I mean, there's sort of yeah. loads of sorting and sifting and stock control and you're just really supporting the team in making sure we manage the food that comes in really well and that get it out sort of safely and efficiently. Absolutely. Volunteering in the warehouse means you need to be really organised and have attention to detail as well as being good in a team as everyone has their specific roles and responsibilities right and you need to make sure all the jobs get done and keep it running smoothly. One of the reasons that people volunteer is to help build their skills and confidence and develop all sorts of, I don't know, transferable skills that employers look for. A lot of that can come from doing something like working in the warehouse, which might give you the basics of stock control or manual handling or the rudiments of food safety or softer skills around teamwork, organisation, dealing with people and so on. Andrew's clearly not on the hunt for a job. I, I mean, he's just brilliant at everything he does. But we, we have several volunteers who have used the work that they've done with us as a pathway to other things. And w- whether that's to an office job or a retailer or another warehouse environment, or even something like joining the police, which we've had too. So as an employer, I always value people's volunteering experience as much as paid employment, because it demonstrates the dedication and commitment that we know is valuable in the workplace. It's something that can definitely add impact to a CV. In fact, we've had quite a few CDDOs that have come from being TBBT volunteers. So that's community delivery and development officers for those not familiar with bread and butter jargon. But there are fantastic staff who take the food out to the hubs every day and help run our food clubs in the community. They're always amazing because they've also got that real connection with the volunteering experience as well. Exactly. But working in the warehouse... It's a real physical thing as well, you know, pulling pallet trucks and shifting boxes and crates around the place or <laughs> shoveling veg out of those massive <laughs> wooden boxes into crates for the hubs. I mean, the word box doesn't really do the size of them justice, does it? You would comfortably have a picnic for six in one of those. That's a lot of veg to pack. You know, so when people come from their office volunteering days, they're always surprised by how much sort of lifting and loading there is to do. It's a proper workout. Yeah, we call it functional fitness. It's another <laughs> It's another reason why volunteering is good for you. I think people might have got the message now. Volunteering is really good for you. Physically, mentally, socially. It makes you feel good. Yeah, it does. It makes you feel good. Well, it makes it does feel good too. So, do you know what, Mark? <laughs> I can feel a cheer coming on. Stop it. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, so coming back to some of the other things that Andrew was talking about, he's massively passionate about Manchester as a city. And this is your home too. So if I was coming for a social trip to Manchester, which obviously I never do, I only ever come to work, what would you recommend as like your top visitor tip for Manchester? Okay, so obviously my views pale into insignificance compared to Andrew's, but it's got to be the Science and Industry Museum for me. Seeing things like Stevenson's Rocket and the Manchester Baby, the first ever small-scale computer, and there's tons of buttons to press and little experiments. So what's not to like? I am loving these excellent tips. Maybe we should do like a spin-off podcast. Travels with TBBT. We could get everyone we chat to to like recommend something local to them that makes their community a special place that people should visit. We could do tours as well. Marie could do the driving. Andrew could do the guiding. And we could get the old leak gang to come and do the entertainment. Mm, I, I'm just going to say stop it. Stop it now. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm going to go to the trustees with that sort of expansion plan to sign off. That's so disappointing. <laughs> you know, maybe we could ask them because they're who we're talking to next in our next episode, which is all about the business side of volunteering and the support we get from our, what should we call them, our critical friends. Yes. But in the meantime, if you'd like to know more about the bread and butter thing, you can find us at Team TBBT on Instagram and Twitter, on LinkedIn, or online at breadandbutterthing.org. And if you've got any feedback or thoughts about the podcast, you can get in touch with us by email at podcast at breadandbutterthing.org. And finally, we're always open to new members at all of our hubs. If you or someone you know would benefit from our affordable food scheme, you can find your nearest hub on the join us pages of the website. And please do all the things that podcasts always ask you to do. Like us, subscribe, leave us a review, share us with your friends, chat about us on social. Uh, you forgot to say and tell us about your mum. I don't want you to tell me about your mum. <laughs> I know I don't want to know about anyone's mum, Mark. I think what you meant was, and tell, tell your mum. Tell your mum about us. <laughs> <laughs> That's gone so badly wrong. <laughs> I just ignore that and carry on. So join us next time where we'll be meeting a select group of our trustees to talk about what brings them to bread and butter. Being involved in food supply chain for 20, 30 years, you see a lot of food waste, which frustrates the life out of you. And you just think there must be a better way. It just seemed logical to get involved. It was a perfect fit, really. That felt a bit weird. What? Switching it up at the end. Yeah, but you know, I I love change. I kind of liked it. Okay, well, let's do that again again next time. Or something different again, maybe. Oh, bye. Bye for now. Bye.